You're listening to Tiger Talk, the student media podcast. I'm your host, Piper Hutchinson, bringing you news from LSU and the Baton Rouge community. Thanks for tuning in to Tire Talk. Today, we are going to be talking about a hot button issue right now, student loan forgiveness. Um, So I'm sure you guys have all seen the announcement. President Biden has announced he's going to be forgiving up to $20,000 in student debt, um, $10,000 for most borrowers, $20,000 if you were on Pell Grant. Um, The application is currently open. Um, Quick Google search will find that for you. But... It looks like a federal court has temporary, temporarily blocked the action. So there's going to be a little bit of drama there. We're going to see what happens. But until then, I have brought in two of the Reveille's coolest opinion columnists to talk about uh, what their views are on this issue. Um, we've got Ben Haynes here and Charlie Stevens. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me as well. All right, um, Ben, you want to kind of get us started? You recently wrote a column um, that not all college students have to be excited about student loan forgiveness. Um, You know, kind of a hot take coming out of a student newspaper. um, But why don't you walk us through that? Sure. So basically my, my idea with that particular piece was just to highlight that although I think all of us can get behind the idea of forgiving some debt or even perhaps um, kind of readjusting um, kind of our, our, our thoughts about student loan debt, that there's actually a lot of other factors at play um, from an economic perspective, from a legal perspective, that may actually complicate the issue and may actually point to the fact that this particular order, as it's framed by the Biden administration, has more negative effects than positive effects. Can you go into that a little bit more? Sure. So um, there's there's a couple reasons I, I, I find this order to be troubling. Uh, the first is kind of a, a broader point about just the economic timing of it. Um, we're not doing particularly well economically, where we are in the middle of a recession, and a $400 billion executive order won't exactly help that recession, our current economic uh, state, to get any better. Um, The other problem is, and I think this is probably the heart of it, that the order, while it does help people with low to moderate amounts of student debt, what it doesn't really do is help anyone in the future or help anyone with large amounts of debt. So what I mean by that is what will happen with ten dollars to $20,000 being waived off the top of the bat, the, um, the expectation will be for both college students in the future and colleges that they can just kind of add ten to twenty thousand dollars on top of tuition because that's they know that the government's going to take that off the bat, or at least the precedent has been set. And then for the people who have 
um, let's say medical school debt or law school debt, or they went to a very expensive private school and they have upwards of $150,000, $200,000 in debt, $20,000 is really doing a whole lot of good. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a nice little pat on the back to say, you know, we're quote unquote, like kind of thinking about you. But um, I, I think that there's other ways to address the heart of the problem, which is one, college is too expensive. And um, two, you can't declare bankruptcy on student loans. So there's other things at play here than just kind of throwing some money at um, really middle class, primarily um, college graduates and just to kind of appease them going into midterms. That's kind of my view of it. So you think it was just totally a political move to buy some votes? Well, maybe not totally, because that would be pretty cynical to say. But I do think that if you look at the rhetoric coming out of the Democratic Party uh, from July 2021, when Nancy Pelosi said that student loan forgiveness can only be done through a, a Congress or legislative order, um, and then fast forward to now where Biden signs the executive order and ahead of midterms, it does point to something that's a little bit pragmatic, let's say, and not necessarily the most principled thing. Hmm. Well, Ben, I think you raised some interesting points. I mean, well, on the subject of tuition, I mean, I don't think it's likely that we're going to see universities hike up tuition just because of this forgiveness, mostly because there are, you know, laws in place that, you know, regulate tuition pricing. Uh, but I think you do raise kind of a an interesting point that a lot of people are raising right now um, about the fact that this is just a one-time action and it's not really addressing that problem of, um, you know, tuition being so huge. It's just growing. Um, it's probably the highest now that it ever has been in history. Um, and that's something, you know, a lot of people on both sides of the aisle are pointing out. Um, you know, people who support it are like, yeah, this is a good one-time thing. But what about this tuition problem over here that's keeping a lot of people out of higher education? Um, Charlie, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the issue of tuition is something that isn't new and that states and the federal government and politicians have been grappling with for, for as long as like we've been talking about it. But um, as far as like th them actually setting the tuition prices, it's just like a short term thing. Like what we really need to do is like increase the investment in universities so that they don't, they're not so reliant on tuition prices because a lot of the increases we've seen since 2008, especially here in Louisiana, um, tuition's risen like 96% um, until this year. And it's largely because they had to make up for lost revenue, um, that they no longer received from the state and they had to receive it from somewhere else. So I think it, it's really going to take like a combination of the federal government, states and private foundation money to really like fix the situation we're in, in the higher ed funding scenario. I don't think students can be expected to front the entire higher education industry without like off the backs of student loan servicers that like make a killing um, servicing federal student loans. Yeah, Charlie, you kind of bring up an interesting point that our situation here in Louisiana is a little bit different because 
we saw some pretty dramatic cuts to higher education funding during the Jindal administration, which correlated with, you know, America, or Louisiana universities uh, hiking their tuition um, with the backing of the Jindal administration. Um, so, you know, it, I guess students here in Louisiana do are in a little bit of a different predicament than you've grown up here um your is this your your third degree you're getting in louisiana or yes it is okay so i mean you've gone through the whole thing mm-hmm. you've you've been here to see it all um does that you know fact that louisiana higher education has been so defunded you know make you think that maybe these students need a little bit of help well i i see this as a band-aid um on a very deep cut that requires stitches. So I agree with Charlie that I think that the the problem primarily uh, needs to be dealt with uh, at its root, which isn't to just sort of, um, you know, kind of give someone a cookie to kind of uh, appease their hunger. Um, Really, the long-term solution here is to address um, sort of institutional problems uh, with funding within uh, both the federal and state governments. So, um, I mean, I am a little bit different, I guess, in terms of my my educational background in that I don't have loans, even though I have been in a state where, uh, you know, to, as Charlie said, you know, tuition's gone up so much in the last couple of years. Um, so I, I, I definitely accept that that could um, sort of maybe cast a certain shadow over my argument. But ultimately, I, I, I don't think, I mean, ultimately, we're going to have to solve these issues anyway. We're going to have to actually get to the heart of the institution. And I'd rather do that now before the problem continues to escalate than just kind of push it down the timeline, you know. I didn't realize we had a lucky duck on the show. Um, ben over here with no student loan debt. I mean, we're not going to hold it against you, but, uh, you know, you're in a fortunate position over for here. For sure, for sure. Well, I'll also just say that I could have taken out loans to go to other schools, but I intentionally stayed within the state so I wouldn't have to. So, I, I mean, I, I didn't. My, it's not that my parents paid for it or anything like that. I just, you know, made, um, I, I decided to stay local so that I, would, I wouldn't have to take out those loans. Charlie, you're kind of known as a little bit of a policy wonk around here. Do you have any, you know, policy prescriptions to fix the student loan crisis? Um, I don't think there's any, like, one-size-fits-all, like, solution. Um, but to go back to the point that, like, the overarching point that, like, the student loan forgiveness, like, wasn't, like, a necessary, like, thing that, like, people have been taught that, like, should have been done. Well, first off, like, the the problem, I, it's, like, erasing the slate for so many borrowers in the country. And the problem had already gotten so bad for so many borrowers that, like, the federal government needed to take action to at least reduce the debt burden on the American public. And I, I think it was, a, it was a good first step. And it included actions to, like, 
minimum um, lower payments for undergraduate loans going into the future, which I think is another good first step. But um, there's only so much you can do with an executive order, like um, like was pointed out before. But as far as like LSU, what LSU can do, I think LSU is moving to a zero based budgeting model. LSU prides itself on offering all these scholarships on like and there's institutional loans that some colleges like offer um they can for lsu can forgive debt to itself um or actually i may be wrong on that don't don't quote me on that (laughs) (laughs) um but i think lsu can just do more in like reorganizing its priorities to better support students and their educational priorities yeah, I mean, that you bring up an interesting point there. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion um, on campus recently about um, the treatment of graduate students. You know, these are um, students who are studying, they're doing um, TA positions, um, they're teaching, and they're getting paid in scraps. It's gotten so bad that, you know, even... President Tate has said, uh, I don't remember what he said, if it was inhumane or intolerable, but he said it was no good. Um, So maybe that is something that LSU needs to, I mean, Provost Haggerty did say that he was committed to raising those uh, graduate student stipends. Uh, We'll see what happens there. Uh, Ben, you want to chime in on graduate students? I mean, I know you are one. Um, Yeah, that's something... That's kind of a passion project of mine. I've been writing, I've had a few pieces this semester on deferred maintenance, and I'd like to write more about graduate student stipends. Um, I mean, I have a couple of anecdotes I could I could talk about, um, but but gener- I think I think the consensus is that um, I really don't know if anyone would disagree with this, but LSU has a lot of problems, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean. I I'm I think the jury's still out on, on President Tate and exactly what he's about because he hasn't been here for very long. Same thing for Provost Haggerty, but um, I I don't know. There's part of me that thinks that you know I'll, hopefully I'll be graduating in a year and a half. So whatever kind of positive things that will come in the future will probably be after I'm gone. But I I do hope that um, because LSU is such an important institution for the state that they can start prioritizing um, the the well-being of their graduate students because uh, you know we're, we're more of, more of a lifeblood to the university than it may seem given that we do so much grading and we we do a lot of the basically free teaching and stuff like that so well before we veer too far into LSU and and its many yeah. problems <laughs> um, you know we're, we're talking a lot about what Uh, institutions can do on a local level. Um, I want to veer us back towards kind of the bigger picture. Ben, you were kind of talking about the economic consequences of student loan forgiveness. Um, You know, a lot of people have pointed out that student loan debt is actually preventing young people from participating fully in the economy. And a lot of young people... They have so much debt, they're not buying houses, they're not getting married, they're not having kids. Um, it, this debt is preventing them from you know, participating in the American dream. Um, Charlie, would you take kind of the progressive position on the economic consequences of student loan debt? 
I I think the the debt it doesn't the monetary cost to the United States is like fictional. Like it's like a number. It's like not actually like real dollars that are there. It's not like the president spent four hundred. Like a lo- student loan debt is very hard to recover from the borrowers, especially in these like high accounts that have um, racked up like a hundred thousand dollars per se. The federal government has no reasonable expectation of ever collecting on like a vast majority of this debt, and it's the only type of debt that's like largely owned by the federal government. So this is basically one of the only avenues the president has to reduce the debt burden on American families, like in their own personal pocketbook through his executive authority due to the way it's structured. And I think in the, given the worsening economic picture, um, it's fair for the president to try to give um, some leeway to families. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Charlie. I mean, student loan debt actually makes up a considerable asset for the federal government. Um, And these high interest rates, um, you know, some people have said that it's um, unethical for the federal government to be charging students such high interest rates. Um, Ben, what do you think about that? Do you think this is uh, fake money or uh, do you do you disagree with Charlie's assessment? Uh, I disagree. And it's mainly, I, I I think about this a lot. The first thing I ever learned in economics was there's no such thing as a free lunch. Everything has a cost and money is real. Now, the actual, the felt cost to the United, to the United States may not be as uh, huge as what $400 billion sounds like because our current uh, fiscal situation is based on monetary modern monetary theory, which relies on the um, basically value of the dollar in international um, markets. Uh, so you know we can borrow this money and have it kind of go away uh, in kind of the 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 massive um, financial ether, <laughs> but at the end of the day, if the dollar ends up failing which it could happen. I mean, inflation's at 8.52%, which is more than it's ever been at. I mean, it's not, it's not good. So I, I think, I don't think we can just be present minded about it. I, I fully recognize that there are many, many people who uh, are burdened by student loan debt. I mean, I have family members who have student loans as well. Um, but I, I really think that the answer is not to just do away with the debt, but rather to restructure the way that um, people are able to pay, i.e., you know, filing for bankruptcy and those sorts of things that will help alleviate the people who really need it, but also bring in the money for people who can afford to make their payments. Charlie, I see you nodding over there. Do, have we found some something we can agree on? I mean, I, I don't think... Anyone in the student, I don't, I don't think anyone in the White House was like, yes, our ideal avenue is to do this by executive order. I think we all saw that they, they like waited a long time to announce this. It was like after congressional leaders were literally, literally like, we're going to bring it up unless you do something like literally right now. Right. 
And so I think this is like kind of just like a last ditch effort to like accomplish something on the issue. I think everyone wants to do more on the issue and like bringing additional relief and actually like fixing the structural problems um, that the government like has baked into the student loan program. And like, I don't think anyone thinks that the student loan program is like beyond like it's perfect or it's mm. like fixed now. Mm. Um, I don't I don't think it's like a hot take to say like that they need to do more stuff. And uh, yeah, I agree that they they you probably should be able to declare bankruptcy on your student loans. Like, it's a lot of technicalities that have sure. been put in the law over the years. And as my other point is, student loan servicers make too much money. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> too much money. Like their entire like business proposition is based off servicing federal debt owed, or debt owed to the federal government by students all across the country. And that is their entire business mission. And there's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Ben, you've made it pretty clear that you don't approve of Biden's move. Uh, is there something that you think it you would feel is more appropriate for us to spend the money on? Um, at the moment, um, I'd just rather not spend the money at the moment. Um, I the, the Republican Party under the Trump administration got away from the fiscal responsibility sort of agenda. And uh, I think the cat's out of the, out of the bag now, and there's not really much going back to that. But uh, I'd rather not run the economy on an enormous deficit. I think given the way we do things now, some deficit is acceptable, but um, our, our uh, I mean, the, the, def the deficit is so enormous and if something goes bad, it it's just gonna be disastrous. So I'd just rather not spend the money at the moment. All right, fair enough. You've talked a little bit about inflation. Uh, you talked about it here on the podcast and you mentioned it in your column. Um, do you, think you might be giving like too much credit to the student loan forgiveness to our inflation problem. I mean, inflation has been going up, you know, well before Biden issued this executive order. Oh, yeah, sure. And and when I was researching the article I wrote, I was surprised by how little the estimates were that it would um, actually increase inflation. But my point about the inflation is just that it's not the right time to add this to what we already have going on. And it's because the, the economic, um, the, it's not just inflation, it's a, it's a recession too. And we have a lot of other problems that affect the economy. Uh, we have supply chain issues, which is driving up um, basic necessities at the grocery store. I've felt that on my um, low graduate student stipend. And so, so there's a, I just, I feel that this energy is misdirected uh, rather to th more pressing things that we have, like um, this thing going on in Ukraine, um, the recession, um, maybe, you know, focusing more on uh, voting issues, which are surely going to come up uh, in next month and then 2024. So that's kind of that's my take on it. I mean, it, it's certainly not um, going to be the knockout punch, but it's just kind of one more block to that already kind of economic policy, the, the kind of the way that they run the, the budget on this enormous deficit that I'm worried about because it's just kind of stacking onto it. Makes sense. 
Charlie, anything you want to chime in with there? Um, not not right now. I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking about all this. And like, yeah, we can go round and round on the economy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to disagree. Uh, there's, it's just such a, a convoluted issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to say that uh, the student loan forgiveness is going to make inflation worse, and somebody else is going to say that uh, student loan forgiveness gives the middle class a hand up. Sure. And well. who wants to hate the middle class? <laughs> All right, um, guys, uh, we might should be wrapping up soon. Um, Charlie, any final points you want to make? Um, I just think the broader like issue of like Joe Biden issuing this executive order um, for a lot of people our age, I think it's a trust in government type of thing. It's like you said you would do it. I'm reading that you have like this authority to do it. Then like, why didn't you do it? Like if, if it's already like your stated policy and you wanted to do it, then you should do it. And like, I think people, whenever they read that and they're like, oh, well, why isn't he issuing the executive order? They like start to trust their government less. And I'm like, on a lot of issues. And I think like there should be more people that like try like innovative ways to do things in Washington and like, Executive orders are part of that, especially as we might head into divided government. Mm. That's kind of an interesting point about uh, Biden responding to his constituents. I mean, I think it, it, it really has been seen kind of on an unprecedented level in the Biden administration to the point where, you know, people make jokes about how bullying works. Just public shaming on social media has turned out to be an effective tool for participation in democracy. Um, so yeah, maybe more uh, politicians should uh, listen to what people say on Twitter. <laughs> All right, Ben. Any any final thoughts? Um, well, I'll just. I mean, it, it, this may sound strange, but uh, given all that I've said, but I really don't think that this is the worst thing in the world. Um, I mean, I, I've been arguing against it, and I will I will continue to argue against it. But I definitely think that there there are worse things to to uh, that that Biden has done during his presidency, and he's spent more money on things than, than this particular um, executive order. I just I just don't think that um, it is it is principled and that's uh, my my main my main problem with it. It's it's more kind of a, a pragmatic um, band-aid to put on a much deeper issue. So all right. Well, I guess at the end of the day, we don't have to fight between each other for seeking a little student loan forgiveness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, Charlie, if our listeners want to find uh, more from you, where can they find you on social media? No problem. You can follow me on Twitter at Charlie Stevens um, without like, the last E in it, and it's with a PH. All right, yeah. Ben. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BP Haynes. It's B P H A I N E S. All right, everybody, you heard it. Go follow these two guys on Twitter. Um, they're putting out some really interesting columns at the Reveille. Um, you uh, you know where to find the Reveille. Um, make sure you pick up your your copy every Monday and Thursday. Um, back page is where you're gonna find these two. That's all for Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Piper Hutchinson. This podcast has been produced by David Robbins. You can find more from The Reveille on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSU Reveille and on TikTok at Reveille LSU. You can find more from KLSU on Instagram at K
KLSU FM or live on the radio at 91.1 FM.